Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I am your host, Punk Revolution Now, aka Kayo, with Sophie, aka Joan of Arca, here with some. Oh, wait, actually, say hi, Sophie. Hi. Yay. Okay. Well, a little me, Kai. I have to. I have to make sure that every single person on the podcast gets to say hi at the beginning. Anyways, mm-hmm. we have a big um, episode today full of, I think, some pretty fun news. I'm looking through the news we have, and um, maybe fun's not the right word. I guess relatively less um, depressing, maybe. I don't know. We'll we have see. some interesting things to discuss. Let's we've just got some interest. Yeah, we've got some stuff. Yeah, so I guess we'll probably start, we should probably start with the Phoebe Bridgers slash Bo Burnham update. Um, Sophie, if you want to kind of take it away with this one. Yeah, sure. So the news here is that uh, Bo Burnham and Phoebe Bridgers were spotted at LAX traveling together. Very obviously them. They weren't wearing masks, so... No! Even if I... Yeah, well, there's... That's one thing. And also just like they... Bo Burnham. Very clearly like... Bo Burnham fall from grace i guess so anyway the, the reason i bring that up besides you know the issue with not wearing a mask blah 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 is that um i mean you can clearly see that it's them and they're not even really trying to hide their identity um which i thought i don't know well the reason that it's interesting that they're together or or being spotted together is that phoebe bridgers was recently engaged to paul mescal who i believe is an actor their relationship was kind of public people knew about it um but there is speculation that they're now broken up because phoebe bridgers has been spotted with bo burnham various times and now we're seeing them travel together and it's a whole thing so so that's definitely a a plot twist my uh my fingers are crossed that it turns out they're um in a polyamorous relationship now with Bo Burnham. <laughs> I don't think so. I, yeah. I well, that sounds like literally the worst thing I can ever imagine in my life. But no offense. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So, which which what's interesting here too is like Phoebe Bridgers actually like covered a Bo Burnham song from Inside. She covered uh, "Funny Feeling," I think it's called. Um. It's like a famous Bo Burn- It's like a famous song Bo- from Inside. Basically, it was like popular. I remember when that song was covered. Like Twitter was like, "Oh, this is going to be a really big day for annoying people," since um. Yep, and no, literally it was. Though. Yeah, and the only thing that can make Phoebe Bridgers covering a Bo Burnham song a bigger day for annoying people is for Phoebe Bridgers and Bo Burnham to be dating. So. Here we are. And it appears that they are. I think it's very, very likely that they are dating, which, I mean, there's been some speculation. I don't want to say anything because I don't know that, you know, maybe there was some infidelity. We don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's maybe not fair to say because we don't really know. But, um, I mean, it's so quick after an engagement. An engagement is a big deal. Yeah, um, it's either it's either um, infidelity. The timeline is unclear. Yeah, the timeline's unclear. So. But if it's not infidelity, then it's very possible that Bo Burnham is just her her rebound rapidly after a, a big breakup. Yeah, a, yeah, it's possible. Which would be really yeah. funny. But I mean, I don't know because she did cover his song. It's an interesting couple. <laughs> it's an interesting couple because they're both. Um, look, I I have lots of friends that love Bo Burnham. I have lots of friends that love Phoebe Bridgers, but um. In my head, they both exist um, in the same in the realm. same realm of like you almost you almost have good taste. You almost have good taste in music, but you <laughs> quite not quite there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I will I will say like there are some Phoebe Bridgers songs I like. Um, I'm not a huge fan of her. I prefer like Wise Blood. See, I have to stop to Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, I have to stop. I have to stop. Um, criticizing the people who like stuff rather than this like like i feel like if i don't like an artist instead of saying why i don't like the artist i just go right to criticizing the people who like that artist but i will say it's okay it's 2023 and you're you know phoebe it's a new year i mean come on like 
I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do that less. I'm trying to to do that less. But like, Phoebe Bridgers fans and Bo Burnham fans are like notoriously like n- annoying middle schoolers. Like that's that's it's it's true. Know? It's true. So like this is like yeah. It's like a it's like a incredibly hard challenge. You know, like oh, I'm gonna try to stop attacking people who like things different than me less. And then <laughs> and then there's a Phoebe Bridgers Bo Burnham like news item in one. So, um. Anyways, weird st- weird stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny. It is funny. But it's still unclear. I think as a couple they do make sense to with each other, frankly. Like I don't know. Maybe that's mean to say, but it makes sense to me. I'd so. I'd say I think it makes sense. I don't think it's mean either. I mean, I mean like ultimately even if I don't really love their music, like they're both talented and you know in like a pretty similar sense of like being able to make um okay phoebe bridgers fans i will say i like this song demi Moore a lot so i'm not i'm not completely hating no no or anything and bo burnham's songs okay i didn't watch his document or his movie i just listened to the album and none of them were bad they were just stupid you know and I think even Bo Burnham, I think even <laughs> Bo Burnham fans can acknowledge his music is kind of stupid. Uh, actually, maybe not. I think I think, yeah. uh, but they're they're both both them both of them are like very talented at making music that's both like artsy and accessible. So you know, mm, yeah, uh, that's true. I'd say I don't know. So yeah, I mean Bo Burnham, his music. I just remember being very. Um, I don't know. I made it. I made a review on YouTube. I, I roasted it pretty hard. I think I basically was saying like, it's like a middle schooler's understanding of like, or like the, a middle schooler just discovers like the Wikipedia page for oh existentialism, you know, and like <laughs> oh decides to like, like say a lot of things about like how the world is bad, you know, like stuff that we already have all known for a long time but make it like a a pop album <laughs> that goes really viral. Anyways, I know. So, it's 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 a good like representation of the pandemic. Pandemic, sorry. I like to say pandemic yeah. ironically. I don't actually believe yeah. that. Um So, it, yeah, interesting. Um we'll see what happens. We'll see uh if uh, I cuz isn't Phoebe Bridgers in in that that band uh, was it called Boy Genius with uh Yes, Boy Genius with uh Lucy Dacus yeah. and um Julian Baker, and I think they're dropping an album soon. So, okay, maybe it's a PR relationship. Just kidding. No, I think they're actually in love. I I feel like I can feel it radiating yeah, through the pictures. I can see so. it in the pictures, and uh, we'll 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 know definitively. I'll I'll have I'll know definitively how I feel about this relationship once I see how it impacts Phoebe Bridgers' music, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she just starts like writing Bo Burnham ass Bo Burnham ass love funny. songs. Like they're both like playing like a synth pop, like den 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 den. I love my boyfriend, <laughs> and the pandemic is killing everybody. Like that's like this is that if I if I could write a song, that's, that's what it, the lyrics. That's kind of what their songs are like. So or at least Bo Burnham's, and we'll see if Phoebe Bridgers starts doing that too. Like everything is sad, like, and Jeff Bezos walk, owns everything. Walking through the f- but we have and each other. And walking through the field, walking through the fields, and eating cherries, and looking at the moon. And I stood in my car for four hours and cried. Bo Burnham's gonna write a, a, a love song about buying a Valentine's Day gift for Phoebe Bridgers, and then there's gonna be like an ironic twist that he bought it off Amazon. <laughs> and how like that's that sounds like something he would literally yeah, do and, like, how it's, to God, he probably would do how that capitalism makes you buy things that are supposed to represent love through a very commercial mm. generic plastic website mm. and then it's goofy and then he's inside i would not be surprised if that's real yeah. all right well that's all i have to say about this news item i guess it's a lot of speculation still uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so ready to move on. I'm I'm ready to move on to um. I, I'm uh I'm down to give um, the update an update correct. yeah an update on an update on Andrew Callahan yeah situation yeah so just a, re- a reminder for everybody last week we talked about Andrew Callahan and how there's been many um accusations that have come forward of him going on dates with women and and lying about 
not being able to go home and kind of pressuring and pressuring, getting really drunk with and after even even being told no multiple times, uh, still kind of persisting until he can finally sleep with the woman he's on a date with and um, kind of ha- having a, a history of, um, you know, s- sexual misconduct to, uh, you know, uh, ha- you know, having sex with women without, you know, having an, a, an, a real, you know, genuine consent. Um, and obviously this is really disappointing because Andrew Callahan, um, obviously a comedian with a huge audience fan base, definitely lots of like very um, kind of like socially aware left-wing kind of content. And then for someone who's like a leftist guy to be, uh, ex- you know, being accused of sexual misconduct, um, very disappointing. And it was from lots and lots of women, very similar stories from a lot of these women. And finally, after like a week of these accusations coming forward, we just got today a video from Andrew Callahan finally addressing the situation, giving his apology. Um, and yeah, we wanted to kind of talk about the apology video. It's about three minutes long. You can watch it on his Instagram and everything. Um, and, you know, my initial reaction is. He did say, I think, in the video, a lot of the things I was wanting to him to say and hoping he would say, which is taking ownership of his mistakes, acknowledging he has an issue, apologizing and addressing that he's going to like work on it rather than, you know, completely trying to weasel his way out of it, which was good. And I was glad to see him take ownership of it. And I was glad to see him kind of talk about how lots of men are, frankly, just conditioned whether they're conditioned or just aren't i thought that was fascinating aren't educated properly he basically said exactly it was really fascinating because he said exactly what you were talking about last week like exactly he said exactly what you were saying where like how boys are you know conditioned to like believe like think of like sex as a conquest and stuff so i thought that was fascinating he quite literally just he maybe he listened to the podcast. Okay. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, I will say I was glad he said that. But I do kind of, you know, there was also a part of me. And look, I'm a I'm a man, you know. So I feel I don't want to like give my. As I feel like as a man analyzing another man's apology for sexual misconduct, I don't know. Maybe I don't have as much authority on this as like women listening. Just say what you believe. Okay, though. I was it's gonna okay. I was like, just gonna say like it does it did kind of feel like I think even though in a lot of ways it was a very intellectual very perfectly executed apology. I would say there's a part of me that just felt if you really kind of like pay attention, look between the lines, there were some elements of kind of um, taking full ownership for what he did, but then also not, some and then also some denial. Like, I, like, like last week on the podcast, I did say, I do think men are conditioned to not really understand consent perfectly. But then I also tried to make a note saying I don't want that to take any, um, you know, blame out of Andrew Callahan's hands. Because, yes, you can be conditioned, but right. you also, at the same time, you should still know, like, you, 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 you should still know better and, and not. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So I do feel, absolutely. You, know, he, you know, he made comments about his al- issues with alcoholism the way he's been conditioned and not knowing what to do right, you know, what or not knowing better. And then also saying he always took no for an answer and never persisted, which is also contrary to what the accusations were saying. So it's kind of like a mixed... Also, he literally said in his... Didn't he say in the video that he, like, thought of it as, like, sort of a thing to persist? And, yeah. Like, like, he basically, like, persisted through the nose. He kind of, like, said that. Yeah. But then he was like... I always like take no for an answer. It's like that was definitely contradictory. Yeah. I, I, what I liked about the apology is that it was short, but it like kind of said, it said all the right things. I'm, I'm not, by the way, I'm not forgiving this man at all. I just, I'm like just taking the apology at its like, you know, um, as itself. Like just thinking about the apology, I think wh- whoever's on his PR team was pretty good, pretty good work. Yeah. Um, there but i i don't think it's gonna i mean well clearly he's owned up to some of the stuff so he you know yeah yeah is guilty of it yeah exactly you know so yeah, yeah. he did he did own up it's to it it's not great it's not great yeah and i feel like um 
you know, uh, if you're going to make a three-minute apology video where you're, like, clearly extremely emotionally distraught and you, you like, uh, it's very hard for me to assess. Like, I preferred it. I Yeah, I agree. I kind of preferred it, too, if, like, if it were, like, a super long video of him just, like, making excuses. That would have been really annoying because I feel like that's what would have happened. Yeah, yeah. If he made a longer video, like, I, but I also, like, I don't know, like. Yeah. It, it's really, you're right. It's just, it's super hard to assess because, like, okay, at least we know, like, okay, he's definitely guilty and he's not, like, completely denying it. But, I mean, I don't know. It goes back to the question we asked earlier is, like, how do you, can you forgive people like this? Like, how do you, like, how long does it take? Like, how should you forgive yeah. them? What do they have to do to earn that forgiveness? And I know this might... And, like, who can decide that? Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm not a victim of him. I don't really, like, I can't really yeah. forgive him for anything. And I, I mean, this might sound a little... He seems like a creep. Yeah, and this might sound a little paranoid, too. But I do feel like, you know, watching him on the video, he's clearly a very intelligent, well-articulate person who um, is very, like, convincing and everything. And he basically said all the right things in many ways. And in this, and That's it, true. He could be and, lying. Yeah, and it almost, like, you know, he could be, you know, frankly, just a liar slash sociopath, frankly, you know? Like, or a narcissist. That's definitely possible. You know, possible. because people who are like that are very good at giving a very intellectual, you know, apology kind of like the way he did and obviously i don't know maybe he, he maybe he's being completely genuine maybe i'm overthinking it but i'm just you know it's just unf it's just the given the it's a possibility given the nature of the accusations and what this topic is you can't help but always have those like doubts you know no matter how good the apology is you can't help but think well you know you could be completely lying your ass off right now just saying what you know you need to say in order to get put this behind you um mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. you know even though there was like i was very happy for him to to say a lot of the things he said um taking mostly taking ownership for it and talking about how a lot of young men which are obviously a big part of his audience need to learn right. these critical lessons and not make the same mistakes rather than he also said like to all the men defending me like don't and he did you do you remember yeah, that part? yeah like yeah he said all the people all the i mean yeah. which is true i mean i guess that's kind of good for him to say yeah. but you know it's really hard to say like he could who knows what he if he's actually remorseful yeah or being honest yeah 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 exactly it's really hard it's very hard to know i guess it's better than not saying anything like he, he should have said something and i'm glad he said something but i guess it's up to the victims to decide like whether or not it was an adequate apology and like if he's doing the right thing or not you know yeah yeah it's um it's really hard to say and um we'll i mean i guess we'll just i'm interested to see if the victims respond or if he says anything else mm -hmm. um you know i mean I'll, i i guess i'm i'm it's a I, I i don't know i think no matter how the apology is going to be it's just going to always be a shitty situation um yeah but for sure um you know like i said i'm glad he at least said hey to the guys in the comments who are saying hey you know what i did was not a big deal and defending me like don't do that and that's like part of the bigger problem you know like i that's mm -hmm. all i can I mean, that's that's i mean it's <laughs> it's possible that he's bullshitting and yeah. like not being genuine but i my hope is that at least him saying that will maybe help yeah exactly guys maybe he's a sociopath you know? who's lying through his teeth but hopefully his apology actually has like a, a net positive impact um regardless so we'll see yeah um and i mean i'm curious to, i'm sure there's going to be more consequences of Mm -hmm. You know, this was probably going to be an ongoing thing because he 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 did release that movie recently on HBO. We'll see, I don't know if it's still up or not, but you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's still up. I was on HBO today. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. So we'll see. You know how that plays out um, with the viewership and if it stays up and everything like that. And um, I don't know. Very disturbing situation. Um, we'll we'll update you as like developments occur yeah. so yeah, yeah. I... all right well speaking of possible dishonesty Ooh. Mm -hmm. all righty um 
Yeah, so I guess the next news item we're going to talk about here would be um, Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is obviously, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when, um, you know, you hear about Joe Biden mishandling classified documents is only a few months ago. All over the news was um, Donald Trump's house being raided by the FBI because he had a lot of classified documents that um, White House officials kept requesting for Trump to return, uh, court orders for Donald Trump to return these documents, and Trump would not return them, denied that he had them, and then finally the FBI raided his house and received them. And now he's under Trump is under investigation for these documents, and that was a huge controversy. Um, and Joe Biden talked, you know, you know, Joe Joe Biden made statements about Trump mishandling, you know, mishandling these classified documents. Like, how on earth could you possibly be so careless to mishandle these top secret documents? And then this week, Joe Biden's lawyers said that Joe Biden's team found classified documents in Joe Biden's uh, office at a think tank in Washington, D.C. that were just a handful of documents, but and these were documents that the White House what like wasn't requesting. It's not like they were known to be um, like missing documents, and they were apparently only a handful, and you know, Joe Biden's lawyer said as soon as they found these documents, they handed them over immediately to the White House. So quite a different situation than the Trump classified documents. But obviously, doesn't matter the differences, even though I think there are massive, massive differences. The bottom line is you got, you know, these headlines about Joe Biden mishandling mm-hmm. classified documents. Because that's what people are going to like focus on and like think. about. Yeah, exactly. Like we could go we could go through the whole list of like the 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 quantity of classified documents the severity the the fact that Joe Biden's team willingly handed the classified documents over even though they were not even known to be missing while Trump was continuously denying he had them even though the White House kept um the I guess archives White House archives I don't even know who keeps keeps track of all these classified documents kept requesting Trump over and over again to hand them over and then after denying having them for so long um the FBI had to raid his house to get them back. Huge differences. Uh, but then you have like Elon Musk tweeting, hey, has anyone noticed how the media is hypocritical for mm. reporting so much on jo- uh, on Trump's classified documents mishandling while Joe Biden did the same thing and is not being treated by the, the same by the media? Um, when my, my perspective is, frankly, I think the media is overcompensating by... Uh, heavily reporting on the, these uh, classified documents that Joe Biden mishandled in order to not seem hypocritical, um, even though there's, like, no comparison between the two. Um, but regardless, it's it's it looks really bad, and it frankly is bad. I, I mean, it, a big part of why the, the Trump mishandling of classified documents is bad is not just because it shows that Trump is, um, you know, an asshole who doesn't care about the rules— our government is like incompetent. Yeah, yeah. Another, yeah, exactly. A big part of it is, you know, if you have cla- if you have classified documents that are not in the right place, that's like a security issue. If like, you know, f- spies in a foreign government get hold of them, or, or who knows, you know, they're sold on the black market by someone who who found them. You know, it's like a security issue. Um, so you know, Joe Biden mishandling classified documents is definitely bad. Even if the the severity between Trump and Joe Biden is, um, you know, gigantic, um, it's just it's just like it's like a face palm. It's like, dude, what are you like? Are you kidding me? Like, you you you've, your approval rating Bruh. like finally started to go up a little bit, and like this this is like the dumbest scandal ever. And like, I don't know. It's just I feel like it's like classic American politics. Literally, yeah. It's so stupid. It's really stupid. Something my mom said this morning. It was really funny. She's like. Sophie, is it bad that I don't care about the Joe Biden documents thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the truth is, is I don't care either, you know? Um, and then people are obviously going to point out the hypocrisy. Oh, how could you be so happy 
that Trump was getting in a lot of trouble for mishandling classified documents, but you don't give a shit about Joe Biden. And I, I could go on and on about the the different like the difference of how they were mishandled. But I do I do think also just the way that these these uh, do, this these documents were handled, I think really sums up totally like the the Joe Biden versus Donald Trump approach, you know, which is like right. Trump had mis mis you know had classified documents in his house that he. When when um when the White House officials were asking for him to return, he completely denied even having them and just kept denying and denying and denying until mo- after months and months of back and forth and like re- reject and, and like court orders going out like the FBI had to raid Trump's house to get those documents back. With Joe Biden, you know they're so like gotta follow the rules. They found some classified documents in a locker, and without even being asked. You know, they did the right. They did thing. the right thing. You know, it's it's a good thing for them to hand it back to the White House. But that's not gonna that's not gonna matter to to people, yeah. especially like people who love Trump. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not gonna matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's just bullshit because no one. All conversations happen on Twitter. There's no context or like room for like any actual like legit information flow you know what I yeah mean? yeah like this is the uh, this is the opinion it's just so frustrating yeah. people don't read exactly and, like, pay attention the- to context and like read the f- whole story or whatever yeah. not that i'm like oh, i love joe biden blah blah but like it's just i know it's gonna turn into a thing and it's like people are not gonna even care about the context yeah yeah although i will say you know i could i could be wrong maybe maybe what joe biden did was actually a lot worse you know because uh, it does seem like the, yeah. they, they did find more classified documents in Joe Biden's garage. And again, this seems to be like, you know, a handful of documents compared to like boxes of classified documents that Trump had. Um, that, like I said, no one was even looking for these classified documents that Joe Biden had. He just like handed them over willingly because he wanted to follow the rules. Totally, totally reasonable. But if it does turn out to be the case that, after you know, because right now there is a special counsel that is investigating Joe Biden, you know, got to be got to be fair. If there's an investigation going on for Trump with these classified documents, you got to also investigate Joe Biden. If the investigation does show that Joe Biden, you know, was doing something sketchy, then great, you know, he should get punished for that. Um, but, you know, in this current moment of like the Twitter sphere. And then we'll have Kamala. We'll have Kamala as president. I, that would be, yeah, exactly. That would be freaking epic. Let's impeach Biden and have Kamala as president. Stan Twitter would go crazy. I just know. Do you it think would, so? So. so does so does Stan Twitter like really love Kamala, or is it like kind of just like a? Well, do they genuinely love her? I wouldn't say that. Like they just, she's like very funny to. She's like a meme, Twitter right? Because of like. She's she's a meme. She's like a reaction video to people, you know, because she's always laughing. There's like there's a lot of like good sound bites from her, you know, or like reaction videos from her. So like she's beloved. OK, in so that do sense. you think like, people don't actually care about her as a politician? I don't think that they like. Well, people do. But I mean, like Stan Twitter, like I think she's just a funny figure. Like people probably say like mother yeah, yeah, at her or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was thinking, you know, like. I know a big conversation right now is with 2024, Joe Biden is really old. Lots of people think he shouldn't run again, but lots of people also think if he shouldn't run again, Kamala shouldn't run either, which is kind of a messed up situation. Um, uh, just because you know Kamala has a very low approval rating, but that would be really messed up for Joe Biden to say, I'm not going to run again because I'm too old, but I'm also going to tell my you know, vice president who's the first woman vice president, first black vice president, first Asian American vice president to not run for presidency, even though she's next up in line. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe people are discounting the possibility of Kamala Harris becoming president in 2024, because even though lots of people don't like her, she has a low approval rating, maybe Stan Twitter can work their magic. You know, if they can... Honestly, I was thinking that too. Like, I feel like everyone will be like, when she's running for president we'd be like mother like vote for mother vote for yeah can't like (laughs) just like can't all like the twitter leftists like span cams yeah can't all the twitter leftists who like really genuinely dislike kamala harris like 
find a way to ironically meme her into becoming the president <laughs> vote for her vote for her as a well, meme. yeah like if the republicans <laughs> vote for can, that's what they did with yeah, trump, they can do it for trump. Mean. it's our turn to it's our turn to make a meme who's like maybe not your like not a genuinely Honestly, competent yeah. person president you know i prefer her over trump like obviously. yeah yeah um obviously you know the people who are crafty enough to make Kamala Harris into like an ironic meme because of her like manic laughter and stuff is a very very small share of America and that's not going to determine that's but true. we should still we should still try I think the plan we may as well I try. think the plan should be to convince Joe Biden to not run for in 2024 we have to get Kamala to run instead and we have to make a ton of Kamala memes and have her win the presidency with those memes I think that's an incredible idea. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, well, here you have it. All guys. right. There we have. So that's the plan. We're we're the we're the Kamala Harris vanguard. Literally, literally. Yeah. So vote for mother. Vote for mother. Okay. Um, and also, doesn't Kamala Harris have like a stepdaughter who lives in Bushwick? Oh my God. Not, okay, I have a story about I, this. I have, well, I have really, a friend but. who bought something from her off Depop. So do I. So do I. Okay. Oh, off Depop? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Well, I have a story too. So if Frankie, if you're listening. Um, uh, so, um, so yes, her stepdaughter is um, Emma, Emma, Ella, no, Ella Emhoff. And she's based, have you seen what, she, do you know what she looks like? Like, do you know who I she is? I have seen her. Yep. She's an icon. She's like a mo- she's like a model, like knitting person, like kind of like classic Cottage like core. Bushwick, like mm, kind of. Yeah. I want not, not exactly cottage like, core. I would say I don't know like, how like, like she gives me I don't know like Tumblr vibes. He doesn't know the course. He's she's she's um mm, how do I put this? She's she's like those pe- bitches who be knitting stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like it's like kind of quirky knitting. Is, is that not what like cottage core is? Bright colors. No, no. It's kind of isn't it cottage core adjacent? Cottage core. Co- mm, no. No. Okay. I wouldn't call her cottage core. She's more like cottage core. There's some knitting involved, but it's more muted and like floral, mm. and like more. Uh, I don't know, like prairie vibes and ella hemhoff is like kind of like non-binary like bright color core like like i don't know what exp- it's, it's it's a subtle difference but like ella hemhoff is like your classic bushwick person yeah, yeah. wait so wait, um so- i don't even think she lives in bushwick though i think she does she i think she lives i'm pretty sure she lives in the east village oh yeah she's i could be no, wrong yeah she's definitely like rich i'm enough pretty to sure she lives in the east village in- I'm pretty sure she lives in the East Village because I have a story and I I haven't met her personally, but my friend, okay, well, my friend, did she see her or not? She went to, Ella Hemhoff had like a pop-up thing at her, like for her like clothes, like the clothes she was making and my friend Frankie um, went to it and she like has a friend of, one of her friends is friends with Ella Emhoff. And also, I have a friend who's friends with Ella Emhoff because my friend Clara, who runs Tiny Jewish Girl, is friends with okay, Ella Emhoff. Okay, okay. So as that's well. what we got to do. So, so you, I have some connections okay. to so her. So, you, me, Tiny Jewish Girl, Frankie, and Ella Emhoff need to form <laughs> a, a Ka- Kamala Harris vanguard and work oh together to get, <laughs> to get Gen Z and millennials to, to, to form a coalition where we're going to get Kamala Harris to be president in 2024. Yes. Wait, hold up. Yes, I'm 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 all Wait, for it. Wait, hold up. Bringing it back to the news of earlier. I'm on Ella mm-hmm. Emhoff's Wikipedia page right now and I'm seeing in 2014 Emhoff made a cameo yeah. in the music video for Bo Burnham's song Repeat Stuff. Oh my god. Of course. Literally of course. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. Of course. So according to Wikipedia, she lives in Bushwick, but 
obviously that could be not true because like i said oh okay maybe she does maybe the pop-up was in the east village and she lives in bushwick i would believe it she seems like a person who would live in bushwick to me but she also seems like someone who would live in the east village they kind of i feel like they overlap like the type of people who would live yeah i mean she probably could afford like there's some there's some similarity she probably lives both yeah she probably lives like both places honestly yeah but um yeah never mind I stand corrected, but she, I th- I'm pretty sure she had like some pop-up event thing in each village. So correct me if I'm wrong, Frankie. I don't know if Frankie listens to this podcast, honestly, but okay. let me know. Well, we have a mission now, Sophie. <laughs> yes. Kamala for mother. Do you, do you think em- Ella Emhoff has ever made an appearance on um, RuPaul's Drag Race? Probably not uh no she has not i would i would definitely know that she is not but nancy pelosi has been there aoc has been there and justin trudeau has been on canada's so it's in the realm of possibility that maybe someday she will yeah it it, honestly yeah it it could definitely happen yeah um my dream is to be a judge on repose drag race so see yeah I, i don't know i can't explain it like it's very like tribalistic of me but some reason because Ella Emhoff is like the stereotypical like Bushwick art student, like successful influencer who like lives in my neighborhood and I have like lots of friends that are kind of like her. And she's related to Kamala Harris. Like it it, it genuinely makes me like Kamala Harris more, which really, make, yes, it shouldn't make any sense. It's very like, it's very I don't know. Like you I know, made how, a lot like, of memes about LM Huff back in the day. Yeah, like you know, I, I yeah, she's definitely very memeable. But I just you know how like if a president, like a presidential candidate, is from Minnesota, then they oh, have yeah, a higher like chance Amy of Klobuchar. yeah. Then they have a, a, a much higher chance of winning that state in the nom you know once there's like voting and stuff right i'm pretty sure amy klobuchar did not win minnesota i could be wrong she maybe did okay my well, mom was so amy gang she was like amy klobuchar. so all right so maybe yeah. maybe i'm wrong here i just i uh no I but thinking. you're you're definitely right though that's a general trend yeah there's like a bias for like uh yes people are like, oh that's my that person's from my state i kind of feel like oh that oh that person has a stepdaughter who's from even though like everyone lives in bushwick and there's nothing special i still like to believe based wholesome kaya moment she looks she looks like she could live in a cottage i know she's not cottage core but she looks like she could live in a cottage <laughs> I, I guess she could i guess she does she to me she looks more like i don't know how to explain it like tiktok like weird core influencer it's so crazy because like her dad weird, who's ma- she has like weird girl aesthetic she's like weird girl aesthetic she is weird girl. yeah she does her dad yeah. who is married to kamala harris is an entertainment lawyer so this is like really like getting deep into well, the world she's a of model like, so yeah this is the this is the epitome of like the liberal bourgeoisie right here literally uh, so yeah. like guys it runs deep it runs deep um, mm-hmm. Sophie and I are effectively a part of that bourgeoisie now that we have a podcast. I guess, too. and yeah, <laughs> I know now that we're we're what, like a Brook, Brooklyn podcasters. It's like we're in too deep, and you can't get out now. Yeah, sadly. So we'll we'll make the Kamala Harris um, vanguard happen, but um, yeah, that's to me the more important news than the classified documents. But speaking of the liberal Facts. bourgeoisie. <laughs> I think we should talk about Literally. the movie. Literally, I think we yes, should talk about tar. the movie Tar. Oh, tar. I can't wait to talk about this. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so this, this, yeah, you go ahead. This is Sophie's idea I'll, to watch it. I I'll, loved it, but you can go ahead and talk. Yeah, about it. I loved it as well. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start it, but we're, it's obviously going to be a, a. Speaking of liberalism, it's going to be a dialogue. So, um, anywho, um, I was really excited to see this movie because, well, first of all, I knew about it as it was in production. I was very excited for it. Kate Blanchett is my favorite actress of, like, an actor, like, favorite actor, period. Um, and, yeah, I was, a you know, big fan of her for, I've been a fan of her for, like, five years, at least. Like, I was, like, I was in deep in the fandom of Kate Blanchett fandom. Like, I had a, I made a Twitter, a stand Twitter for her one time, one time, but I never used it. So that's how much I liked her. 
Would you say because um, of her association of playing like LGBTQ roles? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's just say, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Do, do, I, 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 may, I may have had a crush on her when I was, you know, a teenager. Yeah, I mean, she's very, she's very pretty and extremely talented. She's, yeah, yeah. So she was, yeah, I just was a big fan of her for like a long time. Oh my god, my mom's gonna listen to this. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So I was, I really liked Carol, um, mm-hmm. which she's like plays a lesbian in it. Um, and I, I don't know. She's also just really talented and funny and like smart, and she's Australian. I don't know. She's cool, but yeah. she's she's just a really good actress. So I that was yeah. like the main reason I was a fan. But yeah. um, and this and this movie Tar is definitely like a type of movie where if you're a good actress, you can really let that talent shine because it is a pretty yeah, complicated exactly. role. It's it's it both really is. It's really subtle. Yeah, it's very lots of subtlety, both very serious and pretentious, but also kind of humorous. Um, you know, someone who's like an alpha, who's but narcissistic, but you know, <laughs> maybe like mildly manipulative, you know, just I think we've all met those types, those people who are extremely talented and very powerful yeah. and accomplished but like you can kind of pick up like mild sociopath vibes from them um definitely who knows maybe um andrew callahan honestly but yeah anyways. no it's true so like um anyway uh i was excited to see it because i love Kate blanchett and i don't know i also love classical music because um when i was younger when i like since I've, I've been playing clarinet since i was like 11 um i don't play i haven't played in like a couple years but i was really into classical music and i played in orchestras and like a wind wind symphony and stuff yeah. so i was really into like classical music and i i, I know actually know a lot about it and like i'm pretty familiar with like oh, oh god i sound so cringe i'm sorry i just like i'm i used to be really nerdy about like composers and like lore yeah. music lore classical yeah. music lore and there's a lot of references to that in this film so that was that made me happy it was like fun it was really yeah. pretentious it was really yeah. fun you don't so, have to um, you don't have to understand all the classical no music, you music definitely don't you definitely it's, don't but it's, I, it's I love it because the movie does such a good job of both having those references in it but also and like but also making fun of the people who make those references literally exactly and it does it so it does it so well so subtle that it's like oh are they aware that this is really pretentious and cringe but they they definitely are they are and it's it's really fantastic and so it's like there's definitely a part you know when you're watching the movie where if you're a music lover you're like ah yes i i can totally relate to a lot of the things they're saying but then also like ew i can't believe like they're being so annoying and it's just the epitome of like the the extremely rich you know, liberal, New York City like, liberals who just have so much money to donate arts. to like arts and to stuff, like, and yeah, exactly. You know, which we're thankful they're donating to the arts because we like going to museums and 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 you know, orchestras and stuff. But you right, know, but a damn, big part, can they be annoying? They're just donating it so they can feel like they're cultured and and feel like exactly. they're more important than everybody else. Exactly. Um, and they aren't like innocent and like just because they're donating to these things doesn't mean they're like not being manipulative and creepy and exploitative yeah. and hurting oh, yeah. people you know i mean how many people within this in, this industry have been exposed as um predators Creeps. sexual predators or i mean andrew you know. callahan for example you know what yeah. i mean like yeah it's like the left and like the liberals are not absolved of guilt obviously that's like not a, a amazing statement or anything like that but it's I don't know. It's yeah. maybe, maybe it's not so. I I I don't know. I feel like it's like the the liberals are better at like being kind of insidious and like quiet about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. You know, it's really hard to say. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any statistics on like are conservatives or liberals more likely to be like predatory. Uh, maybe not though. Maybe it's just um, you know, a sociopath really is a sociopath. Know. You know? Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to say. But and if you're um, and if you're a sociopath, the political views mm-hmm. you espouse are really just kind of like mechanical to help you kind of because you know be seen as a more trustworthy person right. and aren't actually anything. You gotta bad, justify you know. it. Also, you yeah. gotta justify it to yourself. You have to find a way to like yeah spin so, it yeah, so I, that you d- don't feel bad <laughs> about what you're yeah. doing. 
But um, I thought that, so this film is about Lydia Tarr, who's like a, this really great woman, um, composer and uh, 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 what's the word? A conductor. Yeah. Um, like the and- best conductor in the world. Basically. yeah the she's like conductor. celebrity yeah yeah um and it's not exactly a film about cancel culture but it does sort of follow her demise and like fall from grace yeah. and i really like it's like a nuanced film about cancel culture that isn't like super obvious yeah yeah it's great it's great it's not like, like having it, it like tackles a- some of that stuff but yeah. it's not like released it's not it's not like cancel culture is bad or cancel culture is good like it's like it's it's kind of up to you to decide like if what happened to her is fair Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like um and i don't know it's i don't want to i don't want to like spoil the film but there's some really creepy moments and like scary moments almost it's like like the whole time you're trying to figure out what the frick is going on you know like you can tell you can tell something suspicious is going on kind of sneaks up on you yeah and you're not sure it's It's hard to tell is this a dream is this not a dream you know a little bit of surrealism creeping into the movie too which is really cool yeah some elements Uh, of like maybe even like ari aster again just a little bit yeah uh but ultimately you know, it, it's a very awesome, it's a very well-told drama um, yeah. that, um, you know, like, is kind of up for interpretation and um, just really stellar acting. And uh, I think it's a very contemporary movie, you know, like the fact that it's a movie Definitely. in 2022 talking about, you know, kind of touching on the subject of cancel culture and like class and elite elitism and everything um not to mention about like a woman who's and a like woman, a perpetrator yeah. of that yeah oh sophie what what were you saying could you remind me what you were saying about um lesbians oh being right. portrayed as predators yeah yeah so then i don't know like growing up like that was something i was always like insecure about because i knew it was like LGBT, like I'm bisexual. I feel like every episode I say I'm bisexual. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like growing up, um, there's always like kind of a feeling like that like you were kind of like predatory, like inherently because you had crushes on girls. Mm-hmm. Like, because you felt like, like, for example, like you're in, like in the locker room changing or something and you're like, Maybe it's OCD or something, but it's like, like in my mind, like, oh God, don't look at anyone, don't look at them. like, everyone's gonna think you're gay, and like, they're gonna. I don't think it's OCD creepy. at all. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I. It's could like tell a you- common. I know it's a common experience for like LGBTQ like girls. I mean, guys probably too. Probably yeah, I will too. just straight up tell you. You know, when I was in middle school, you know. I had lots of guy friends who, you know, these are twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old boys who don't know any better, but they were maybe hesitant to become close friends with guys who were openly gay because they were like irrationally worried that getting close with the gay f- guy the gay guy would like have a crush on you and try to you know make moves on exactly. you which is so, completely like, irrational being on the other side of that it's like you're constantly worried that like other girls are going to perceive you like that yeah yeah even when you have n- like no feelings toward them you literally just friends like and the same things happen at like sleepovers, like you're paranoid at sleepovers that you're like too close or touchy or like, you know, like there's just like a lot of paranoia going on. And I don't know, there's like also like straight women sometimes say stuff like, like, like if you come out to them, for example, they're like, oh, do you have a crush on me? Like, yeah, oh, like, like there's like that sort of feeling like, um, so lesbians are sometimes portrayed as that. They're also like portrayed as like, I don't know, especially like more masculine lesbians are like perceived as like kind of creepy and like preying on straight girls because they like see it as a conquest and stuff like that, which isn't really true. Mm-hmm. But that's a stereotype. So usually when I see like that, like lesbians being portrayed as like creepy and like predatory, it like makes me s- uncomfortable because it's like, wow, like ugh, this is just validating like. <laughs> what people already think and like it's not true and like we're just like most of us are just trying to exist um but um i thought that they did a really good job of 
portraying like this predatory behavior um, in a way that wasn't offensive because Mm -hmm. like the character was a lesbian but and she is like preying on young women but it's it's done in a way that's like I don't know it's not because she's a lesbian or a woman like it it you know what I mean like it's yeah. it's not inherent to her like sexual orientation yeah the critique is definitely more about her abusing her position as of power rather exactly. than rather than a critique of obviously anything to do with her being a lesbian and right you know, I think we could even go a step further and say you know yeah you don't want to portray. Uh, lesbians as predators unfairly but you also do want to have you know you don't always want lesbian you know you want like you want women and lesbians and people you know a diverse you know uh cast of people playing all sorts of roles so if you're able to put a a lesbian in a role uh of uh the main character who's also very powerful and also kind of like the bad guy in the film without it being offensive then that's like an a plus you know if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I agree. I, I, It's really hard to do. And I don't exactly know how they did it, but they did it really well. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just rem- I just have so many memories. You know, this this is definitely as someone who is very involved in, uh, in music, uh, you know, in high school, like classical music stuff. Uh, and just, no, you just s- s- being a part of that environment with all the very rich, pretentious kids who are, you know, the top instrument player, singer, or whatever, and th- them using all these like terminology, different terminology. It's just like it brings you back. Um, you know, I I think it's still an awesome mo- movie for people who don't have that musical background. It definitely is. But if you do, it's if you do have some of that musical background, it's going to add like a layer of like humor. Definitely, definitely. So I would say like go see it. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I really liked it. I hope she wins the the best actress award at the Oscars. So yeah. she didn't win a gold, Golden Globe. So I'm happy about that. But yeah. I so I'm still bitter that she didn't win best actress for Carol in the Oscars. So sorry. I have like this is like years of resentment building up. So I hope she wins. So yeah. Yeah. So that's my beliefs. Great movie all around. Um I don't really, I can't think, I mean, I, we could keep talking about it because Sophie and I both love it and there's so many, like, layers to it. I don't, yeah, I don't want to, like, sort of, I don't want to spoil it, give away too much about it because it's, like, I kind of went in knowing not that much about it and I think that was a good decision, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe Sophie and I, we can rewatch it too. I feel like it's a movie that would benefit from I would love re-watch. to rewatch it. Whenever it's, like, free on something, I'll definitely want to rewatch it, so. Yeah. Alrighty, and I guess we can probably close out the episode with, um, I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about with Tar before we move on? No, I think I'm I'm good there. Okay, so last little segment of the episode is, um, we also saw, not only did we watch Tar, but we did see together. Um, Perhaps in, more artsy film. In theaters, we saw the new Puss in Boots movie, which um, is definitely actually getting a lot of very good reviews. Um, you know, I think it's very well done for an animated film. Um, it is an animated film, family friendly, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot, one thing I've seen a lot of people compare it to is, uh, the, the Into the Spider-Verse Spider-Man movie, which I think. Mm, Yeah, you said that, which I haven't seen by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the Spider, the Into the Spider-Verse movie, I think at this point it's safe to say is like one of the most critically acclaimed animated movies ever. Uh, just because it's like super, like the animation is super cool. It's like a very creative, fun, kind of mind-bending movie. Uh, that's also just like really fun and like family friendly. And I'd say Puss in Boots kind of, the movie kind of, you know, both in terms of the animation style. And then also, I do feel like there's some trippiness to the plot as well with, like, going into, like, an alternate universe. Um, I think kind of mm-hmm. borrowed from those elements. Uh, and I think it did a, I think it did a really good job. Interestingly, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I Interestingly, on Twitter, I've seen some people actually who worship and love the animation style of the new Puss in Boots. And then I've also seen some people who really despise it. Uh, because mm. 
because like there's it's it, some people are complaining about the frame rates or there's too many frames, so it looks like the, it's like smudging and like smearing a little bit. And then there's times I thought the that f- was kind of cool. I thought personally. it was cool too. I thought because it was cool it's too. Like, I guess maybe because I haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, it was very new to me. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. I've really never, I haven't really seen any animation like this before. Yeah. So I thought it was like, that was maybe my favorite part of it. It's like yeah, how same here. fun the animation was. Because I, yeah. it, for me, it was very new. Like I've, I've seen animation like that, but like not like in a film like that long yeah. or dramatic, you know? So I thought that was really cool and I don't and know. There were, I feel like the conversation. Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I oh, say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Go. Ahead. I was just gonna say like I feel like as far as animation goes, like the conversation has always been like, wow, like uh, animation is becoming more and more lifelike and realistic, and like you know, difficult to distinguish from you know reality. Blah blah blah. But like for this, it was like okay, this is sort of like I can tell this isn't real, but it like it it feels more artistic in that way if that makes sense like like they're willing to like make animation that doesn't look real yeah yeah like there's times where the frame rate instead of being like a really high frame rate that some people were complaining about sometimes the frame rate would like drop pretty low and you'd kind of see it like stutter um from one frame to another so they were definitely playing around and getting creative with it and to be entirely honest as an as a an adult who has seen a lot of animated movies and Puss in Boots. Yeah, I'm not like sitting on the edge of my seat for the Puss in Boots, Boots plot. Um, so having those like kind of trippy animation styles, um, frankly, I think it made the movie like go from like good to great. I agree. And I think if it was just like the same Shrek art style, it would be honestly I like a, a decent movie, not great. Um, right. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. Me too. Me too. I I thought it was cool. I I liked the animation a lot. I really liked. Uh, I don't know why, but I really liked John Mulaney's like character because I feel like he looked like non-binary slay, like the pink hair. And he bangs. was. So, like, he I was. I kind of loved that. I I felt like the I feel like it is it kind of snuck up on a, all of us as a surprisingly really well executed animation with really interesting character designs. I think the plot was kind of actually emotional and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. beautiful animation and um, just kind of a trippy movie. So who would have thought? Who would have thought that Puss in Boots 2 um, would have been <laughs> so stellar? Yeah, yeah, and there's an epic dog that's, like, cute. So there's, like... Yeah. Whenever I watch, like, Pixar movies or, like, Disney movies or whatever, I don't... This is Pixar, I think. Yeah. Like, whenever I see, like, like, these sort of kids' animated movies, there's always, like, some sort of, like, really cute, like, animal sidekick so they can make, like, a shit ton of, like, money off merchandise. Like, that's my yeah. conspiracy theory there, so. No, no. De- oh, definitely. Like, it's just shameless. Like, oh, we got to have a puppy doing cute eyes so we can put that in the commercial and also, Literally, like, it's like, bruh. Brainwash people into giving it a higher review than it deserves. Uh, but <laughs> I know. It's, I know. I mean, it's so yeah. funny. It's a, it's good. It's good. I wouldn't say like I, I feel like some people are kind of going a little too crazy about this movie. Um, yeah. Like it's yeah. not like a per ten out of ten movie. No, uh, no. But it's great. It's it's it it's was fun. fun. I mean, like Kaya and I like just wanted to go to the movies and like this is what was out. You know. Yeah. We were yeah. we had already seen like everything at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't really have, I mean, there's not very much here to say about Puss in Boots. I mean, it's no, fun. It's a, no. it's a wholesome movie. Um, so I guess we've kind of reached the end of our episode. I was just mm-hmm. going to give a quick, um, plug, uh, for my album, which is now out. So, uh, just a reminder, if you haven't listened already, my, my band Fireman has released our debut album. Uh, so the the band name is Fireman. There's a space between the word fire and man, and the name of the album is Yourself is Fire. Yourself is spelled Y-E-R-S-E-L-F, is fire. And it's streaming everywhere, Bandcamp. There's cassettes and shirts on sale, blah, blah, blah. All you got to do is just listen to it, stream it. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Do the stand got, Twitter thing. Do the stand Twitter thing where you loop it on a playlist. That always is helpful. And um, really appreciate all the listens it's already gotten. And obviously, you know, if you are looking for a way to support me and my YouTube channel and 
don't want to donate money on Patreon, this is a very easy way to do so, is just listen to my music, because I do get paid for the streams. So, thank you. Yes! And, also, and buy really a shirt it. and buy a cassette. Yes. Sophie helped and with the, 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 the shirt and cassette some stuff. Some of the orders, if you ordered some stuff, it was hand-packed by me. Yes. Um, and also... Uh, you get some stickers if you buy stuff, so do that. A little, a little <laughs> stickers, little, uh, little uh, things, and they're very cute and epic and cool yeah. and badass and punk. So definitely order some stuff. Um, listen and stream the thingy. Okay, so yeah, yeah, do it. Alrighty. Oh well, gosh. thank you for all the support. Thanks for everyone listening to our podcast. Please rate us on po- the podcast apps and follow us and share the podcast with your friends. Like I said, stream my album. It's always helpful. Follow us on Instagram. We'll put our Instagrams in the description. And thanks again. Um, Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.